You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha. I am your host, Iya Omileti Olubumi. Welcome to the Arisha Wisdom Podcast. I am Iya Omileti. Thank you for spending some of your time with me to talk about all things Orisha, spirituality, and growth. So turn up the volume in your car or put on your earbuds, grab a cup of tea or something healthy to drink, and let's chat. Today's episode is especially brought to you by our Orisha Wisdoms Ori Affirmations. Do you want to know what Ori is? Do you want to connect with your Ori? This is a free resource available just for you. Just go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash Ori one, and that's O-R-I and the number one. I am really excited about today's episode. And this is one for the Orisha Wisdom Podcast history books, because on today's episode, we're going to listen to our very first guest of the podcast. I am super excited, like you cannot see, because she is who she is. And who is she? She is Iya Funlayo Wood Menses. She is a priestess in our traditions. But I also have to add that she is a doctor. She is a PhD from Harvard, not a small feat, people. She has traveled quite a bit. She's a writer. She's an intuitive tarot extraordinaire. She's a public speaker. And the name may sound a little familiar because she appeared in the Netflix film, they have the series, The Story of God with Morgan Freeman, season two, episode three. Oh my goodness, there is so much more, but I am not going to make you wait any longer. With that, I hope that you're ready as this podcast episode is a bit longer than our usual but it drops so many spiritual bombs, which I am hoping that you will find useful. The main discussion today is going to be around abundance. With that, here we go. Welcome, Iya Fumilayo, to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us. So welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, EI. It's a pleasure and an honor for me to be with you. Well, it's a pleasure and an honor, but I'm just full of excitement and all kinds of goosebumps and goody-goody feelings. So I'm very, very excited. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I'm all about all of those good vibrations and excitement and looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. So I'm very honored to have you here with us because I've followed you for many years since you were in New York when I was still in New York. And I started following you then. And 
you know, when you follow people online, you just get a, a certain vibe and you continue to follow them all throughout their journey. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of wonderful, wonderful things, but I would love for you to share with us and with our listeners a little bit about you and your spiritual journey, because you, I find are a very amazing individual. And no, I'm not kissing up, but really. Thank you. The fact that you are in our traditions, but you also study it and you come from a different point of view as well. And you come from a Christian background. It's perfect because a lot of people that we speak with, they're coming from a different religion or tradition or spiritual beliefs. And they sometimes don't even think that it is possible. And you are the epitome of this is totally possible. So, Oh, it's possible. Yes. Oh, it's definitely possible. <laughs> I totally agree. So please share with us a little bit of who you are and your spiritual journey. Oh, well, thank you so much again for having me and, and for starting with that question. I, at base, am a true child of light, a child of spirit and a child of the universe. I've always known that about myself, even before I had the terminology for it. And um, as you mentioned, I was raised by Christian parents who are now pastors. They actually weren't pastors when I was growing up, but we always, they were, my mother in particular was very much into the church. We attended Mm -hmm. church every Sunday. I sang in the choir. I was Mm -hmm. in all the youth groups, you know, everything you could do at the church, I was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for many people, when they decide that they are sort of don't want to follow the tradition that their parents follow, the next natural step for them is atheism, right? Because they say they don't even realize that there is another way to connect with God other than the one way that they were told. But I give thanks to the ancestors because I feel that they've always walked with me and they've always shown me the way even before I had words for it. And so Mm -hmm. from a very young age, I've felt like I wanted to explore spirit in a different way. I didn't like the exclusionism of Christianity. I didn't like mm-hmm. the idea that some people were quote unquote saved and others weren't mm-hmm. and these types of things from a young age that mm-hmm. never sat well with me. And so mm-hmm. I went on this journey to explore. I had friends who were, who were Jewish, who were Hindu. You know, growing up in New York City, you have friends and, and people around you from all these different traditions. And so my own personal spiritual quest is what led me to begin studying religion. And then about 10, a little over 10 years ago, well, even more than that, but a little over 10 years ago is when I was initiated. But a few years prior to that, I began my journey with Ifa Arisha, which actually started, interestingly, with a trip to Ghana. But the person that I traveled to Ghana with was an Arisha priestess. And I had a very deep spiritual experience while I was in Ghana. And she began to tell me about Arisha to teach me about it. And when I came home, you know, they say that when the student is ready, the master appears. And when I Can you please repeat what you just said? They say that when the student is ready, right? When the student is ready, that's when the master appears. Not when the student thinks they're ready. Not when they think they're ready. (laughs) Not when they say they're ready. Not when they have $10,000, right? But when they're ready. So um, once I returned, it it kind of, it felt like everybody that I saw 
was somehow connected to Arisha. It was like I was seeing Yawos everywhere. Yes. Everybody that talked to me was like, hey, have you heard about this Arisha thing? Yes. Have you heard about this Arisha thing? And I was like, okay. And then the last kind of straw was that a professor of mine, uh, shout out to Gloria Rodriguez, who's at Bronx Community College. She was my professor and she's a priestess of Oshun. And I ended up in her taking her class and becoming her assistant for a while. And, and we worked together. So that was kind of my first entree learning. And then eventually I was directed through divination to actually go to Nigeria to complete my initiations. Nice. Um, and so I did that back in 2008. And since then have been working with Awo Fakunle Adetutu, shout out to him, and been on this learning journey. And it's been interesting because I always say about my parents, although Christianity as a tradition is quite dogmatic Mm -hmm. and practitioners can be that way as well, my parents have always been so supportive and so open to everything that I do because they see that I'm doing it with my whole heart. And so one thing that I, I always encourage people to do is just live well, because that is how you show people the beauty of what you're doing, not by arguing with them, not by debating and battling but just by living well. When they see you getting your blessings and prosperity and doing great things using these spiritual principles, then there's no way that you can deny the positive about it. I think what you said is excellent. We recently were talking about this, that the best argument that you can give with the naysayers or the people who are trying to shove their traditions down your throat is by being an example. Exactly. exactly. Being an example is not, it's, it's a simple concept, but it has so many strings to it that if you're stealing, and my favorite example is killing puppies on the weekend, I don't think you're going to be a great example and people are going to even say, you see, those right. new worshipers, they mm-hmm. kill puppies on the weekend, they're evil. And right. people have to keep in mind that an example is sometimes better than arguing back. So I am so, so glad you shared that. I, I hope that people really take that to heart, especially when they're being attacked by their family, their friends right. and their neighbors. And, and I have to say, you know, I'm blessed in the sense that I really didn't face any super strong opposition. And I think that that's for a number of reasons. I mean, my family really didn't have any real background in terms of African spirituality. So whereas some families, let's say some of my colleagues and friends from the Caribbean or from the continent, some of their families have actively negative ideas about African spirituality. I was raised that way. Everything was the devil. So when I came into this, I am now a daughter of the devil. So you know, in case you did not know that. Right, in case I was not aware who I was speaking with, right? (laughs) So yeah, and I mean, I'm fortunate and blessed in the sense that um, my family really didn't have any real idea about it one way or the other. Of course, as Christians, there was kind of this thought that anything that's not Christianity is suspect. Um, But at the end of the day, my mom beautifully, shout out to her, Reverend Regina Hoyce said, listen, anybody that sees the way you live and the things that you do could not in any way believe anything you do is evil. Absolutely. The way that you help people, the things that you're doing, that that's the evidence. And yeah. so, you know, for all of those who are listening, please don't waste your energy arguing yeah. with people. Just live well. Do your work. 
Yeah. You know, and that's that's the part that we miss too, because often we get so caught up in arguing and defending ourselves and trying to point out everything that was done wrong and stolen from us and this and that. And we get so worked up. And the only mm-hmm. energy that works up around that is kind of anger and frustration. Mm-hmm. And we really, we've got to let that go and work on the building piece. Because the reality is, if the system of white supremacy, if all of these systems that we that oppress us were to disappear today, we have no plan for how to move forward. No, right? because we're so busy trying to fight back exactly. that we don't realize that we're fighting against ourselves. And I'm going to kind of stray from what we were supposed to discuss, but I think it's so relevant. We recently had in the Orisha wisdom community, I mean, the discussion got so fierce and very personal and highly Mm. emotional over whites and the color and colorism and all these things. It got Mm -hmm, very, mm -hmm. very, very just deep, 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 deep. My point of view, I shared my journey. And my journey was that there was a time that I couldn't talk to a white person because I felt that they were going to enslave me immediately as they did my ancestors. And I was very angry. Mind you, this is in the beginning of my spiritual journey and no teacher came because as you said, I was not ready. I was very angry, very argumentative. I could fight you with the Bible and I will win. And I knew it. And what the message was that if you do the best that you can and you grow as a person, people around you are going to do the same because you will gravitate towards those people. And that is how a community rises. That is how, no offense, but that's how rich people live. They help each other. That's it. They're like, what? You're rich? Oh, let me tell you, this is what you got to invest in because Mm -hmm. you're going to just gravitate towards people. They're not like, well, the French enslaved my family and I hate everything French. They're just not worrying about that right now. They're worrying about, you know, we got to keep our money up. Right. We got to keep our community safe or we got to keep our neighborhood to be in the up and up or whatever the situation is. We need to do that as a people. Absolutely. We're not lessening in any way that there was slavery. Come on, that is just, that would be, just a moronic thing to think that it didn't happen or that it was just nothing. It was major. It's true. It happened. However, because of what many sacrifices that a lot of our ancestors did, we're able to wear our elekes outside. Right. We're able, you are able to talk to me right now. We're able to talk about Orisha and it's perfectly okay because of that. So now how do we move forward? I think Mm -hmm. that's a much better key in spending our energy versus I hate them and no, I hate you. Right. right. You. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, right? It's it very hard. We, we recently had this discussion in my lay as well. And several articles are kind of come out about it. Talking about white practitioners of various African and diaspora traditions. Mm-hmm. And it's always been this huge point of contention. And, you know, for me, it, it's, I, I definitely don't, ever want to stray into that space of being angry and defensive. I've been mm-hmm. there as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all get into that space yeah. because when you first find out the depth of what was actually taken from us, 
you know, right? The it's things painful. that it's painful. It makes you angry. If you don't get angry when you first it's find like out you're about not it, human. Right. Of course. Anybody would be angry to to find out that, oh, I had this beautiful land and I had these beautiful traditions and all of these other things that have now been replaced with feelings of less than and feelings of guilt and fear and you know unworthiness and all of these other things like yeah of course it makes you angry but just like the stages of grief you 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 the healthy thing is to flow through that right you you go from those stages of disbelief anger bargaining etc and finally you come to acceptance and you say okay you know what this is what has happened and i can't change that And my anger is not going to go back and change it. So what can I do now moving forward to be productive? And for me, African spirituality has really been it because it has allowed me to really look at every aspect of of ourselves and our journeys, right? To look at the art, the music, the poetry, the prayer traditions, and, and all of these different kinds of things and bring them together to uplift because mm-hmm. that's really what we need. We've been beat down long enough. We've been angry long enough. No. We beat ourselves up and we've even believed a lot of the messages that have been given. Oh yeah, and we still believe it. We, Listen, yeah. pe- putting on white clothes and elekes does not erase people's no. uh, ideas about themselves being no. negative as Black people, as no. African descendant because the messages are so deeply ingrained and have been for so long. We're talking transgenerational trauma. Yeah. So you can't, that can't be erased in in one swoop. But I really strongly believe that African spirituality in all its various forms is a big, big, big piece of the puzzle because no people can rise to greatness without seeing the divinity in themselves. It just can't happen. It's true. This, from what I understand, so you initiated in Nigeria, so you follow Isheshe, correct? Yes, mostly. Mostly Isheshe. Okay. So the reason why I asked is because then or rework comes into play here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people forget that piece because if you do not do the inner work, it's going to be very hard for you to see past it and to get past that for you to That's right. Listen, I tell the students all the time, you can pray to every Orisha, every ancestor, whoever you want to pray to. No blessing comes through without the sanction of your own. No blessing from nowhere. So we could have all the blessings raining down on us and our Ori literally deflecting every one yes. of us. Yes. Right? You know, as the prayer goes, no Orisha can give you what Ori does not accept. I show, I show. Exactly. So I, I'm, I, I'm there with you. I'm so there with you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry that we diverted, but I felt it was so important because the oh, flow no. was like right there. Yeah, and yeah. I really hope that people are listening because this is an episode that if you are driving, don't stop and write. But if you have the ability, take tons of notes because this is very, very powerful information that takes years to be taught and then more years to be understood and yes. more years to be digested and, and then more, more years. years to show. Right, and more years and more years. Ifa says that we will constantly have to reinitiate ourselves, yes. right? It doesn't stop with the one initiation. Every day is an initiation. Every time yes. you recite a prayer, every time you learn something new, that's the reinitiating. That's yes. the renewal of our mind that's talked about in the Bible. Every text 
every spiritual tradition talks yes. about consistent renewal of our minds and spirits. And that's really where it's at. It's not when we talked prior, we talked a little bit about folks being so like rushing to want to be initiated and things yes. like that and not recognizing that that is a, it's a one-time event yeah. that's going to happen once. But the real magic is in what you do every day. In the process. Before, in the process, before and after. Right, the opening of the heart, the opening of the ori. That ori opening is huge. It's huge. And the ori opening, it's not a single event either. It could no. be a minor aha moment that now you're going to change a tiny aspect of your life for the better. That's right. And then That's tomorrow right. you'll implement it. You're like, oh my god, my aha moment worked. And then the next exactly. thing, another little. It's a tiny grain. And it's just, you put that into work. And Mm -hmm. it's like the Pataki says, the ocean wasn't built in one day. You're not going to initiate and know everything in a month. No, no, no. And wanting, you know, being impatient leads to negative characteristics and trouble. And that's one of the things I spoke about this morning during our weekly prayer, that surumi babaiwa is patience as a father of character. And so when you move slowly and patiently, taking in things as they naturally come and not trying to force them, that's really where you find the magic really happens and lasts. That's the thing, because sometimes we can force things to happen quickly, but then they don't last. If you want that real lasting magic, that takes time. That takes the energy of Obatala moving slowly, Obatorisha moving slowly, weaving the cloth. Yes. But we can take from each of the lessons that the Orishas give. So if we move as slowly as Obatala, very precise, very deliberate, and we can get the energy of Ochosi so that we go directly to where we need and we bypass distractions. And we invite the energy of Ogun so that we work hard and we're happy yes. and joyful working. Ogun Moye, that we have that energy and that Oh, power. that we have that zest to work. What about That's Oyala? Right. We're able to kind of maneuver the That's changes right. that come because we're going to be thrown all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have to you know, work with Olokun's energy of, you know, the deep impossible knowledge. is possible. Yes, and deep totally and seeing the unseen. Seeing the unseen. And the, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is that there's so much greatness inside each and every one of us. And we don't even see it. And we're always looking for external Orisha to help us. Oh, yes. And we don't realize that we are made with Olodumare's energy within each of us right now. There's Ashe. Olodumare in everything that is alive. That's right. That's right. And there's Orisha. We have those we have that energy in us. Our heart beating is that energy of Ogun. The breath mm-hmm. in and out of our lungs is that energy of oh, Oya. Yeah. The blood coursing through our veins is that energy of Oshun making connections and nourishment mm-hmm. between our tissues, right? All of these things, the balance. They work together. They all work together. The energy of Eshu giving us perfect timing and also placating that negative energy in the universe because it's there and it has to be placated. And issue is the one that helps to keep pushing that negative energy away from us and giving that side of the universe a little bit of our ebo every time. So thinking it's, about it's all It's phenomenal. I think learning about our traditions, it's more than just, oh, Oshun is very vain and she looks into the mirror and she's beautiful and she's sexy and I'll be able to have children. It's so much more, much bigger 
than oh, that. Yeah. So it's, so much deeper. So I much mean, deeper. I talk about them in terms of really being these natural and philosophical archetypes, right? Every one. And when you look at the nature of the natural element that they're associated with, it it comes through like Shango talking about the ashe of the mouth, talking about the yes. light of justice and the light of truth and how it strikes, right? That being associated with courage. lightning. Yeah, right. That makes perfect sense. And to be a good leader. It's like every Orisha has a wonderful element. Yes, absolutely. So I'll speak about Shango because my son is Shango initiate. And I know he was a cute little yawa when he was five. Oh, precious. You know, they're so cute when they're little. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we tell him like, it's not about being a great dancer and being very charming. Shango wound up being the, I think to this day, I don't know, there's a big debate on Shango and Eshu, but I will probably say Shango is probably the most loved Orisha in the entire universe and in the world here. And they say that he is because he came from being a human and he just evolved to being basically a god. Just, Mm -hmm. I'm using that term. I know it's not the correct, but just so the folks can understand. So from human to God and how he did that. I think that that's where the magic is and people miss it. It's not that he came on to Yemaya. It's not that he was a great dancer. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do that he had courage when there wasn't any. He had to learn to be a great leader. That's why he was so loved. His people would give their lives for him over Mm -hmm. and over Mm -hmm. because he learned. And that's not something so... When I speak to other elders, they, they're saying that there's so much information that's missing because there are details where, which much of the older folks who have passed on have unfortunately taken with them that explain Shango's journey. Right. On where he well, and, and really, really had to all of the journeys of the Alicia, oh, yes. this is one thing that people don't realize. Um, and uh, Baba John Mason, who, who I love his work and scholarship, he always points out that it is that Ifa, the Odus of Ifa say that it is human beings who become Orisha. Like, let's understand, it's not only Shango, all of them, right, were at some point human. Now, there's, there are the Irumole, right, that pre-existing energy that has came down to earth. Mm-hmm. But all of them in their stories were human at some point. We walked the earth, were married did these things that humans did. And that's a part of the reason why we're able to relate to them in the way that we are. And that's also a part of why we are able to become them, right? Why their energy is able to possess us and and all of those things. And so understanding as you're getting to that, greatness is not external to us. It's not Mm -hmm. something that we have to go and find somewhere else. It's It's not, it's already within us. And all we really have to do is open up and understand. And, you know, in terms of thinking about the idea of abundance that, that we began thinking about talking about, that is so important to abundance. The idea of understanding that greatness and abundance is already within us. The idea of getting money, money is a tool, right? Money is a tool to get what we want. But we already, whether we get that tool or not, has to do with the mindset and the way that we open ourselves up to it. Of course, systems are in place and I definitely don't want to er, fall to the side of, of where I think some people go too far in trying to 
kind of ignore real societal things and and think mm-hmm. that if people who are in severe poverty, if they pray hard enough and believe it enough, they're going to have, right? But for most of us who are listening to this, who are in the immensely blessed, whether we realize it or not, and probably have more than most people in the world, we definitely have those ways and means to create abundance in our lives. And a lot of it starts with just seeing the greatness that's already in us and understanding the possibilities. When I reached out to you a while back before your married days, congratulations, Ida. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Before Still basking your, in that glow. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> so before the days, you know, a whole bunch of years ago, <laughs> when you were not married, we spoke. That means last year, people. Last year, <laughs> we spoke and so we reached out. Um, I connected with her right before she was about to get married. So we couldn't have this conversation. And then the holidays hit and that is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> Life happened. But I reached out to her. Well, I reached out to you because I read, I think, one of the best well-written articles that I have read about money in a long, long time. For all of you who are listening, don't worry. All of the details and the link to her blog is going to be on the show notes. Don't worry about it. Don't stop if you're driving. But the article is called Five Reasons Why Spirit Workers Be Like, Show Me the Money. And <laughs> I thought, that, first of all, the, the title was just, I'll be a Brit. It was so cheeky. I'm like, that is perfect because it's true. I wanted to kind of dive in there on what drove you to write that article? Why did you (laughs) write it? What is going on? Because I know that that conversation is why I really wanted to have a discussion about abundance. So to give you kind of, I know we discussed this before, But to give everybody who is listening a little concept, we are in the beginning of the year. And for some reason, I don't know if you feel this way, Iya, but I feel that there's a change in energy this year that Mm -hmm. I haven't felt in a long time. Hmm. And it's not just me. I spoke to several other priests. I've spoken to people who are not in our traditions, who are just, you know, into their own spirituality And every single one of them told me that there's a change, something Mm. to the better, something that I can do this. I can't explain it because astrology is not my thing and numerology is not my thing, but I feel an energy shift that we haven't had in a long time. And folks are struggling. There are many folks Mm -hmm. who are struggling to make ends meet. And yet they think that coming into these traditions, they're going to Home Depot it, like they're going to DIY it so they can save a couple of bucks. And they don't realize that there's a play of why spirit workers really do, you know, they are like, show me the money. And the people's mentality of abundance, how that can totally just keep you broke. Let's just right. be very real. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what happened with that article? Iya, school us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, first of all, for all those glowing words about the article. It, it's actually been the most popular article on my blog to date. 
And it's because, yeah, money is always on people's minds. As I mm-hmm. mentioned in the article, it's been called the root of all evil and the key mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. They say it doesn't buy happiness, but it buys everything else, right? So yeah. we're, we're, we're reasonably and understandably worried about it. And we often have deep emotions around money that we don't even realize we mm-hmm. have. And so first off, thinking about why spiritual work in our traditions costs money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take one step back and say that it didn't always cost money, but it always cost something. Yes. And that's because I'm going to jump right to the number one reason, right? There's five reasons on the list and I'll let Mm -hmm. you go through those. But the number one reason really is that people, and Ifa says this in the Odus of Ifa, people do not appreciate what they do not work for. Oh, so good. They don't appreciate it. By the way, people, on the article, it says the number one reason is, and this is quote unquote her article, people don't appreciate what they get for free. Yes, they don't. And it's, it's, it's been shown over and over and over again that when people pay for things, they feel more invested in them. Yes. They take them more seriously. Now, does that payment always have to be money? Absolutely not. Traditionally Mm -hmm. speaking, the way that learning happened, as I also mentioned in the article, is that, for instance, if I was your student, I might come and live in your house for a year. That's right. For a couple of years, actually. Clean for you, cook for you. Yeah, it could be a different period of time. And and people would typically go to more than one teacher. That's the other thing. Nobody would learn from just one person. Mm -hmm. And so I would cook, I would clean, I would do whatever you asked me to do. And in exchange for that, you would teach me. And you pick my brain all day long. Right. And all day long, you're teaching me and we're exchanging. And so that's what I called uh, real. It was energy for energy. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it was. Now, in the modern world, of course, people work, all these different types of things. Well, not just in the modern world. Let me say in the Western world, because in in Nigeria, this system actually is still very much at play within the community. We don't do it that way here anymore. Although I have to say, if any of the stu- any of my students want to come live with me and clean my house, we might be able to work that out. But um, but now <laughs> our our means of exchange is is money. And yes. but even as we think about money, let's think about what money actually is. The reason why we value money so much because it it itself isn't anything, right? Those little pieces of paper. It's a those- piece of paper. It's a piece of, and now it's not even a piece of paper. It's like a blip in your computer, right? Yes, that is correct. But what the value of money is the energy that you put forth to get it, right? You have to work. You have to do something to Mm -hmm. get it. And so that's why people are understandably um, kind of slow to want to part with it. However, understand that energy exchange is the law of the universe, Energy exchange is the law of the universe. When you take in the energy from food, that plant or animal has had to die to give you that energy, right? Mm -hmm. There's always exchange. And so where there's no exchange, no energy is flowing. And and so when you pay for spiritual services, forget the money as the middleman. Think about giving an hour or two or three, however much that would have been worth it, your your work to make that money, you're giving that time for the time that the spirit worker is spending working on you, 
right? And so it's, it's, it creates an energy exchange. It creates a reciprocity. It also shows, especially if you are praying for abundance and praying for more in your life, it shows that you trust that you will receive it, right? If we pray for abundance, but then we're clutching onto everything we have as though we don't believe anything else is ever going to come, that's already showing that our minds are closed to actually receiving the things that we ask for. And what so, do you say to a person who is not even paycheck to paycheck, is on a minus every single week, they can't even afford what they want to buy, they're in a really tight spot, and they're like, I don't even have five bucks, but right. I want to be here. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? Because that what, like you're saying, fine, I will pay, but I don't have. What do you say? Well, what I say to that is do what you can do. And like I said, it's hard because in in the West now, really money is kind of the only way that people see in terms of exchange. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've had students who didn't have money who said, yeah, can I help you in some way? Can I make you something? I make things. Can I send you something? I need a reading. I don't have money. You know, so we don't have to only stick with this idea of money as the only means of exchange, but we do have to recognize that some type of exchange must happen. And so, yeah, if somebody wants, I've had students who, and also this is the other thing. Let me just take one step back and say as well that, we have to be really careful with who we get involved with and work with because not everyone who says they are working for spirit just because they call themselves Baba this or Ia that does not mean that that's really who they are. Agreed. And so as I mentioned in the article, those of us who consider ourselves clergy, right, under that kind of, as a priest or a priestess who is there to serve the community, we will take cues from spirit in terms of helping people, right? So there are plenty, I give away so much stuff, probably way more than, than I should, right? Because yes. if someone approaches me sincerely, sincerely and tells me, yeah, I really need this, but I don't have money, I'm not going to turn them away. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if I check it, as all of us should be doing, I'll check with the spirits and I ask. Does this person really not have money? Because let's also keep it real now. All right, you're going to have me preaching here. Let me take a step, another step and say, a lot of times people say they, quote unquote, don't have money, but they just don't want to part with it for that, right? They got money for $10 a day at lunch, let's say at work, which is $50 a week. They got money for Starbucks. They got money for whatever else they may have money for. But when it comes to paying for spiritual work, it's like, "Mm, no, I ain't got money for that. It's interesting that you said that because, and I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone just in case. And if this is you, think about what I'm about to say. And the way that I've always explained, when somebody says something that you don't like, don't just dismiss it, kind of really digest whether it's really true. Mm -hmm. And so before I speak, don't roll your eyes, people, and don't just X out of the podcast. Figure (laughs) out if this is you. A lot of people say, I don't have money, right? But I want you to teach me. I get this a lot. I don't have Mm -hmm. money. But these are the people who get their nails done every two weeks. Mm -hmm. They're done. Mm -hmm. They have a much newer mobile phone than I do. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. got a better car than I do. 
Right. Now, I'm not mentioning that people should not live well. Of course. Sometimes it's a priority. Right. And and you have to be real about what your priorities are. Yes. And, And to say, stop saying I don't have money or I don't have time, because a lot of times that's simply not true. Agreed. What it is, is I don't have time for this. Or, or I don't, I don't want to, want to spend that. my money on this right Agreed. now because I don't see it as being that important. important. It's important enough for me to ask you, but it's not important enough for me to pay for. And so that's, you know, that's the, what we get to. And so that's why, you know, I ask if, if someone comes and tells me they don't have money, I ask, is this true? And I'll tell them straight up because I will point a finger. If spirit points a finger at you, I'm going to let you know, right? <laughs> I just don't, I just read this and Ifa says you do have money. You just don't want to spend it on this. So that's your choice. Right? So interesting that you mentioned that, Iya. I think, okay, people say that they don't have money, right? So, and then they come to a spirit worker and they say, please, please, I'm broke. Help me. I'm dying. But you do. How, how does that action that you've made turn into abundance or lack of abundance? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for me, I, I really feel that anything that we as spirit workers do with open heart and integrity and for the uplift of our fellow beings, we will be blessed for, period. Mm-hmm. Whether somebody takes advantage of us, if they, however, whatever happens, if we do whatever we're doing from a space of openness, from a space of honesty, then we're going to get our blessings. That's my belief. Now, now what about the other person who well, played the trickery? Right. Conversely, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, they are playing dangerous games that they may not even realize they're playing. Why? Number one, just not being honest to begin with, right? Being honest. And it's not about me. This is what I, one of the things that I tell people as well too. It's not about being honest with me. It's about being honest with yourself and recognizing that where your priorities are, what's important to you. And so, and being able to say, listen, I realize this isn't as important to me. If you're not able to do that, you could be really... I don't like to use the term cursing because that's so like heavy, but speaking lack into your life by continually saying, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, especially when you do, right? That's, that's regenerating that same energy and that's putting an energy on yourself that you don't want. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's important to recognize that and to always speak at it from the positive of, I do have, I, I may not have exactly the amount that I need at this moment, but I do have, right? I always, I have money. I always have money. Money money comes to me. Money is nothing. Money is a tool. The other thing I tell folks as well, and again, as we talk about this energy exchange and recognizing what money actually is and isn't, that sometimes we are praying for money when that's not what we really need or want, right? Mm-hmm. Money is a tool to get us what we want. It itself is nothing. And so I always encourage people as well, as we talk about abundance, not to pray for money, but to pray for what you actually want. Whatever for example, it is you're going to you do with that money. Can you give us an example of what that looks like? So, so what that means for, for me, very, a very concrete example for me, I have prayed to travel around the world since I was a little girl. 
I never said, I want money to travel around the world. I said, I want to travel around the world. And that's a prayer that I have put out into the universe over consistently, consistently, consistently throughout the years. I've traveled around the world. Is it because I'm rich? Not at all. It's because I prayed for that. And so in many cases, I was able to bypass the money. I I had people call and say, hey, come speak over in South Africa. We're sending you a ticket. Sweet. Uh, (laughs) Hey, come speak here in Korea. We're sending you a ticket, right? No money, no money ever touched my hand. It was all about asking for what I wanted. And so I encourage people, whatever it is you want, if you need a car, say, I really need a car. Who knows? Somebody might just give you a car. You might not ever have to touch any money, right? I need clothes. I need a new house. Whatever it is that I need, pray for that thing. Don't pray for money. I need a spiritual teacher who is true and who is devoted to me and who will really teach me beautiful, wonderful things, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of those things, I, you know, we get so tied up again with the idea of money, but money itself is the middle man. It's, it's not it the energy what kind itself. what makes it happen. It just isn't everything. So if people are having a tough, t- a tough time trying to figure out asking for just what they want. I would, the only tweak that I would do that, at least personally, would be mm-hmm. money is not the root of all evil. Money's not horrible. What I would do is, um, let me see, I'm looking around. So I need money to buy a comfortable chair. If that right. is what's going to kind of make it more easier for you to think about. So right. it's still not the important. So money is not the important, but I need the money to get to a this. comfortable chair. Yes. I need money to be able to travel the world or whatever. Right. So if I, I agree with yours, but some people may have some issues with just, but I need the money. So if you do want to, like if you, if your mind hasn't processed that, you could still say, you know, I need money, but always have the end goal in mind, right? Because I think that part of the problem with our society in general right now is that we really worship money as a thing, right? It's like Mm -hmm. it 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 itself is and Ifa talks about money as an Orisha, right? Every every or money as a spiritual entity. It came into the world as a spiritual entity. And so this idea of currency and, and exchange but it was never meant to be the focus itself, right? And so we always have to focus beyond it to our ultimate goal. And again, if spiritual work is that ultimate goal, just I would say also to someone who doesn't have, think about what else you may have to offer because it's not always cold, hard cash. I need a lot of things right now that are not money. So if I had a student say, hey, Ia, what do you need? I might say, listen... I'll give you X, Y, Z and teach you this is what I need. And they could do that for me. But what do you say for people who don't even do that? It's more give me, give me, give me. And you should oh, give well, it to me for free because oh, yeah. well, I don't even work. deal with those people. I, don't, I just don't deal with it at the end of the day because those are people who you already know have a taker's mentality. They're not in it. People who come with that type of mentality typically are not in it. And they're not in it for the right reasons. They're in it because for a lot of people who come with that type of attitude, they Mm -hmm. tend to be the types who just want to collect a bunch of information Mm -hmm. for whatever aggrandizement they think it's going to give them. Oh, I'm Baba so-and-so. I can beat my chest now. I'm Ia so-and-so. But 
I don't really know nothing, but I got these titles and I feel powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, what I often find when people come with that gimme, gimme, gimme mentality without taking the time to understand these principles that we're explaining. I typically just, you know, send them on their, their merry way because trust me, there are plenty of people out there who will just take folks' money or, or give them nonsense. And that's not, that's not my way. I say, listen, this yeah. is what I have to offer. This is what it costs. If you can't afford it, truly let me know and we can work together. But that's, that's as far as it goes. Because we also have to know when to cut our cut our ties, you know. Our yeah, time. no, that's true, and I think that's really difficult for spirit workers because it is. You want to help you every help. single person, but then sometimes you kind of need that buffer. I right. suffer through that. I, I well, I'm sure I you that understand you that I spent out hundreds of hours on the phone. Just if right. I see something and if something pulls me, if a certain comment pulls me, and sometimes I've had folks to tell me. No, you need to charge for that because you just spent time away from your husband and children. And right. it's very difficult for me to do that because it's like I personally almost feel guilty. Right. And this is, well, I'm glad you said that because this is the other thing that the other reason I wrote the article and I also have uh, on the blog um, what I call easy juju. So these are like little rituals that people can do regardless of if they're initiated or not. Mm-hmm. To, to, to move through some of these blockages. And I lo- I'm glad that you said that. The idea of feeling guilty about yes. asking people for money, even yes. when they don't feel guilty about asking you to give them your hard-earned stuff for free, right? I'm going to have so, to put you in my pocket so that I could pull you out so you can remind me. <laughs> yes, yes, no, no, no. And, and here's the other thing. Psychologically, right? I have a link to an article in the, in the, uh, the blog piece where it psychologically has been proven that people actually like to spend their money. They like it. It makes them feel good. They only feel bad spending money if they don't feel that what they got for the money was worth it. That's Mm -hmm. the only time that people don't like spending their money. Mm -hmm. So if you spend $100 on something that was supposed to be a dollar, you're going to feel bad. But if you spend an amount of money on something that really can't be quantified, yes. right? Like your spiritual health. People feel good about that. People mm-hmm. feel great about it. And once again, going back to that idea that they don't appreciate what they get for free, not only do they feel good about it, but they also use it more and they value it more, I right? Agree. So we have to value what we have. We have to realize that we are not hurting people by asking them for money, we are, we're helping them, right? We're making them invest in themselves because that's what it is at the end of the day. Most of us don't see ourselves as being important enough to invest in. So we invest in everything else. Many of us spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day investing our time in building someone else's empire. And I understand that that's, that's the way the world is and, and that many of us have to do that. But we all, if we can do that, then we can certainly take a little bit of time, right? Building our own and say, listen, if Joe Slow Corporation that I work for is important enough for me to work and give my energy to that, then the things that I put my energy into are important enough for people to value them the way I do. And so when you value, when we value ourselves and when we value what it is that we're putting out, Others will do the same. 
And that's really, and it's not easy for us mm-hmm. as spirit workers because I'm definitely, I have a bleeding heart. I, I mean, people My husband email says me. that about me. He's oh like, yeah. You fall for it each and every time. <laughs> Now, and don't don't get it twisted, though. Like, this is Harlem, Harlem world, Harlem on the rise, baby, uptown, shout out. So, <laughs> you know, that New York sensibility absolutely comes through and you can't play the player, you know what I'm saying? So I, I know when people are coming correct and when they're not, you know, and, 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 and I was just talking this morning about how I love African-American vernacular English or Ebonics because so many <laughs> of the phrases that we have within that linguistic tradition come from our African sensibilities. So even that idea of come correct, what does that mean? We say that a lot in Harlem. You know, you need to come correct. Mm-hmm. That means you approach someone with the respect, with the honor, and with the understanding of the value that they have. Mm-hmm. That is and, and I'll add as well that I think that this is true for all of the businesses in our communities. The only way that we can recreate the village Right is by supporting each other. So, but if... supporting each other correctly. Exactly. So one of the things, and it's funny, as I when we started this whole Orisha wisdom thing, and I had to go to Ifa, it was like I was overwhelming. Is not even the word. I, I it was just my head was about to explode, and then I realized everybody just wanted it for whatever they could get, and then they would be like a hummingbird, and they would jump ship really, right. really quick, and. When I saw that, I realized that I was lessening my own value and I had no choice but to charge. Mm -hmm. And I swear, I I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I felt awful, like absolutely horrible. And then a little, you know, voice called husband said, you know, you've been paying out of pocket for that for a long time, right? Right. And I was just like, ouch, you know, that means that it was hurting our our family budget. I had right. no way to sustain all the things that I was creating. And he also mentioned to me something that ties into your blog. What sometimes I would be on the phone with a taker, because that's what they were, takers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we would be, I would be on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours, and they would be crying and whining. My energy was absolutely depleted. depleted. Yes, it was yes. gone. I was a bad wife. I was a horrible mother. I mean, I, my nerves, I, it was terrible. And the fourth reason that you put ties into that, but I think also what goes after it. Yes, because yes. we also need spiritual nurture. And the way that I always joke with people, sorry, herbs are not given to me for free. Listen, listen. And I neither see on the blog too. I have herbs ain't free, chicken ain't free. And I talk <laughs> about how cola nuts are more expensive than lobster, pound for oh pound. Oh my God, that's right. I have it. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. It's right here. It says cola nuts are actually pound for pound more costly than lobster. And if you have a bad batch, Oh, you right. got no choice but to get another batch and that's exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. So this is the other thing, yeah, absolutely, that we have to recognize for those who are spirit workers or those who create anything who are listening and who may feel some of this guilt or anxiety around charging. Think about what you had to invest time-wise, money-wise. I break it down on the blog. I say, listen, I spent seven years studying to get my PhD. I've spent the last 10 years traveling back and forth to Nigeria, Mm -hmm. 
not even counting the cost of initiations. Let's just mm-hmm. think about plane tickets. Let's just think about all these things. And it's um, not just plane, because when you go there, we're talking about food, water, oh, transportation. Yes. Like, it's a whole thing. It's everything. And, I and you got to last... also pay the people who are there with you. Right, right. Because there's a, you know, it's a young country and there's a lot of social issues. And... Well, and exchange is fair, right? Yeah, it is. To go and to think that, again, folks are just going to open up their homes and feed you and do all these things without, without anything, any kind of exchange. Of course not, right? So when we talk about all of that, the fact that I spent the last trip that I took to Nigeria, I was there for 10 months, you know, away from my family, away from the things that, you know, I knew, spending money, you know, traveling around Yoruba land, learning different things. And so for someone to then feel that they should have access to all of that, not only energetic energy, but the, the money and things that I've spent. And also on their timing, not even yours. Right, when they right. right. And so that it's just not fair. It's not fair for anyone. And we see that also with artists often who shout out to all the artists out there because mm-hmm. the, the arts are sacred and it's mm-hmm. always been a part of our tradition and our worship. People think that art, oh, you, you like doing art, so you shouldn't have to charge for it. Yeah, well, I have to eat still. You know, I have to, that's the other thing as well that I mentioned in the blog is that I think I saw it. I just passed it. Let's see. Um, Spiritual folk deserve nice things too. That is number three. Yes, yes. And aside from nice things, we got to have, we have to have food and and shelter just like everyone else. And so Mm -hmm. if this is for some of us, this is our job, just like going to, you know, this is the work that we have been chosen mm-hmm. to do in the world. And so we have to be supported. And so traditionally, as we noted, the way mm-hmm. that people would support is by either going to live with their priest or when you brought an abo, when you had to do a ritual, mm-hmm. the priest would get that meat or those other materials. And so by doing your rituals and by sustaining the priest, you are also helping to sustain the community. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, I think that we just have to really change our mindsets around a lot of this and understand ourselves again as a community. Because I do think that one of the issues as well around this whole money thing, which I don't mention in the blog, but I've thought about a little bit afterwards is, is of course, that there are charlatans out there, right? And there are some people for whom this is all about money. And if you run into someone like that, of course, it can make you very apprehensive if every single thing that you do with them, they're like, give me a hundred dollars just to say hello. Or, you know, it's like, okay, there's there's a problem with that. Did I tell you, I don't know if I told you in a previous conversation that one of my students, oh, I did speak to you about it. Yes, about students. the person with the prepaid Ebo thing. That's prepaid crazy. Ebo. So this was her first reading. And she said, I'm really like nervous about the money. And I said, well, how much is he charging? $350. And That's I just ridiculous. had to stop. I thought it was a mistake, but it was not a mistake. So the reading itself was $50 and then prepay for the Ebo. And then he said, well, because if I have to get an animal, I have to go to this city and that's kind of far. So how do you know that that's going to have an animal? It could be a jug of honey. Right. And people, and the thing that I don't like is that if you don't know what you don't know, that's what gets you in trouble. And that's why it's best for you to wait. 
just kind of wait. So I do understand the whole thing on the charlatans. Mm -hmm. However, not everybody is a charlatan and we are responsible for a lot of the decisions and of what happens to us. And a lot of it happens because we rush. We f- right. I found out about Arisha, so I'm going to go to Iya Gray Chair, because that's what's sitting right next to me. Iya <laughs> Gray Chair is going to teach me and it's going to be my godmother. And all of a sudden, I'm gone $2,000 and it doesn't work out. And now you're apprehensive. I want people to understand that abundance is a way, it's a mindset, but the money isn't going to come to you. It may not come to you in a dollar. It may come to you in other things and it comes to you in divine timing. So I spoke to you about this, but you had a lot to share about abundance and divine timing. And I know you said you had a little tidbit you were going to share. So I'm hoping you still remember that because I want people to not feel like, do I always have to spend money to get it back? And I think that people have a disconnect on the energy aspect of it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, divine timing is everything you give uh, honor to Eshu, the owner of the road, the crossroad, the one that talks about the decisions that we make, right? And and in terms of thinking about when we are ready. And I love what you said um, in terms of patience. That's really the biggest tidbit is to be patient in this journey, right? To understand that as we enter these spiritual traditions, again, these aren't just spiritual traditions, but they're really community traditions. They're really family. And as you so beautifully pointed out when we spoke before, when you choose a spiritual family, you're getting a chance to choose your mother, your father, the people who will shape you spiritually. This is not just about buying beads or buying anything. Ultimately, when you invest in yourself, in that way, if you have the right teachers, they will be doing everything to invest back in you. Yes. And you will see those returns spiritually, but it takes time and it takes patience and it takes also getting comfortable with the relationship before you move into wanting to um, get married, so to speak. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things we mentioned is that initiation can be considered like a marriage. And the same way that uh, you wouldn't just up and marry somebody you just met and knew nothing about, many people try to embark on this spiritual journey with the Arisha and other entities without learning, taking any time to learn anything about them beyond the superficial or cultivating a practice of prayer and things of that nature. And so I think that that is incredibly important as well. And one way that people can really insulate themselves from being taken advantage of really coming to it from a point of, I'm going to develop a practice first and let me see where I can get some tools. And so kind of just taking, going back to where you asked about folks who don't, may not, may actually not have the means right now. I think it's beautiful that, for example, you have this podcast. Right? So each of us who do this work in the community, we find ways to definitely put things out and help um, without you having to put money out first, right? So yes. that you can get a, a, a foot into this and a foot into learning and not have to feel so 
like it, it's all been transactional because that mm-hmm. is a part of what kind of erodes the feeling in the community when it feels like it's just tit for tat. I pay you, you do this. Yeah. Um, it's really beyond that. And so getting to the root of that energetically, as I mentioned in one of my other posts, one of the, I, I also work with different modalities of spirit aside from Alicia and one of them is uh, with chakras and meditation. And the root chakra, which is located roughly in the area of our genital region, the red. And that, interestingly, is the space where many of us hold a lot of our deepest feelings about money in that root chakra. So those feelings of lack, those feelings of guilt around having abundance, especially if you come from a background of not having, right? Mm -hmm. People sometimes feel guilty or feel like they don't deserve abundance, like they don't deserve blessings. And so sitting in that and recognizing that that is really the root of where we have to get to in order to open ourselves up for the abundance mentality is important. And so one thing that we can do to do that is just to sit very well. This is, a, this is something that's better done sitting than, than standing or lying down because we want our bottom to have contact with the surface. We put our feet flat and we imagine the area under us glowing with red that we're sitting on. So like our buttocks area and that whole area just glowing with red. And take three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as we do this, as we breathe out, we want to concentrate on releasing any negative feelings that we have around money and abundance. So for example, as we breathe out, we might breathe out guilt around asking to be paid for our services. We might breathe out the idea that we never have enough. We might breathe out that money is hard to come by. We might breathe out that people don't like to give us money because that's not true. So all of those things we want to breathe out as we hold that red glow under our bottoms. And then as we breathe in, we want to breathe in positive ideas around abundance and money. So we want to breathe in, for example, money comes to me easily. We want to breathe in abundance is mine. We want to breathe in. People like to give me money because I have something of value. We want to breathe in. I am worthy of abundance. We want to breathe in. I am worthy of good things. And we want to breathe in that we have the power to manifest all of the abundance that we need in our lives. Ashe. Ashe. Yeah, I that was even more than what I was expecting. I'm I'm totally floored. And I just to reiterate, I can't thank you enough. And I know that the whole chakra thing is not Yoruba, but however, sometimes you have to work with certain things that work with you. 
So I want people to know that just because it's not Yoruba doesn't mean that it's not going to work because there are many practices that have been done all over the world that are also ancient. And she has studied these things and we didn't get a chance to it because I think we dove right in (laughs) in the beginning with all the goodness that she has absolutely delivered. But I wanted, as you saw, that was absolutely amazing not only for the spirit workers, but also for every single one of us. I wanted her to share what is it that she does in her spiritual arena, because then that may shine a little bit more light on what she does. So Iya, what do you do? (laughs) We should have done this in the beginning, but we started like right in. Right, right. We were just so excited to get in, and I, I'm glad we did because I'm I, I'm glad to get into the meat. But I'm I'm also, of course, happy to share a little bit about my work. I am, as I've said, just a child of light and a child of the universe, a student of spirit, even before I was a practitioner of Orisha. And so I've studied religion since I was young, and recently got my PhD from Harvard in African and African American studies and the study of religion. Congratulations. Um, that is thank you very much. Thank I know. You. I watched you go through that journey, by the way. Yes, I yes, watched you were with me. I like things, but I was watching and I'm like, yes. that is freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, give thanks. Give thanks. It was it was really a beautiful experience. And and what made it so beautiful was really just having the freedom to explore all manners of spirit. And so my specialty is indigenous religions. I believe in both intellectually and spiritually in the oneness of the universe and in the wisdom of all of our ancient indigenous peoples and in the wisdom of Olodumare and how that ashe was spread around to different parts of the world and how in each environment that we're in, we have been able to utilize those materials in that environment in order to connect back with the divine. And so that's a lot of what I look at. My first book in in progress, which will be out soon, um, will be on the kola nut. And it'll be the first comprehensive scholarly book devoted entirely to the kola nut, its natural history, its place as in the history of uh, food and medicine, and then importantly, its place as the primary divination tool that mm-hmm. is traditionally used in uh, Orisha practice. Mm -hmm. And so in studying all of these things, just to bring it back to the point you mentioned about the oneness and and the idea of whether we should still engage with things that aren't Yoruba once we have become uh, a part of this tradition. And this is also a, a discussion that's had quite frequently. One of the beauties to me of being a child of the diaspora is the fact that we have access to all of these different modalities. The reality is that despite the fact that we have chosen the path of Orisha, the vast majority of us in the diaspora practicing are not Yoruba. We may not either by ancestry directly. Mm -hmm. And so we may have, many of us have ancestry from many different places. Mm -hmm. I have Scottish ancestry, I have Catawba ancestry. And so it's, I think it's beautiful to tap in, to be able to tap into all of those different modes of spirit. It doesn't mean that we create a hodgepodge, right? Whereby we don't keep things in their proper place. And so I want to be very clear about that. We, you know, when we're doing Orisha things, it's Orisha things. things. 
when we're doing chakra things, we're doing chakra things. But it's important to understand that we created the divisions between all of these energies, right? What they represent is actually one thing. And so, for instance, when we look at the root chakra, the root chakra, at least in my own, in the philosophy that I've developed, is to me reminiscent in terms of thinking about issue, right? Thinking about that seat of decision and thinking about the fact that indecision often comes from us feeling insecure. And so when we are able to increase our feelings of security, which are often associated with that root chakra, we are then better able to engage issue and make decisions and be in divine timing and those types of things. And so there are ways in which all of these different modes work together. And at the end of the day, spirituality is supposed to enhance our lives. It's supposed to bring us... In Orisha Wisdom, we highly discourage what I call the Maj Podge. Mm -hmm. We discourage that fully. And we say, learn one thing. Right. Learn it, understand it, and live it. And then you see what other things you can work with. Because even in some of the modes that I currently will meditate, I use what I use, which is affirmations. And I have had to tweak them because their modes don't work, but I have to change it for my own or rework. Right. I, I don't know. Let's see. I make stable chairs and everybody wants to buy my chairs and I'm a wonderful mother and da, 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 da. And that comes in different cultures. We're just saying that you have to use, learn what you're going to use first. <laughs> How's that? Right. And learn it first. No, and that's very important. That's very important. And be clear too that I've, as we talked about, I've studied throughout my life. Like this isn't a, it's not a new journey. And then in terms of Arisha, at least 15 years of study focused very squarely and directly on Arisha, right? And, And the power of Arisha. And so I think it's very important that we, we pull out one modality that works well for us and it, and and understand that in some for some people and, and part of the reason why I am still quite open is that Orisha isn't necessarily for everybody. Agreed. They're and not popular. everybody needs to be initiated either. Right. And not everyone needs to be initiated. Um so this this and, and when I say Orisha isn't for everybody, I of course I don't mean that the archetypal universal energy isn't for everybody because of course that that's there for everybody. But this particular mode of practice may not be the best mode. And that's one of the things that I that I love about Ifa as well, is that when we read Ifa, Ifa actually makes mention of the other spiritual traditions. Yes. And people may be told when getting a reading from Ifa that listen. You should actually be a Muslim or you should actually be practicing this other spiritual mode because that's where your energy, your ashe, your spirit guides, your ancestors are more deeply connected. And that's the way that they'll more better be able to help you. Right. And so all of that is very important in terms of identifying where we are and and being able to come to a mode of spirituality that works for us because, you know, as I started to say, at the end of the day, spirituality is supposed to enhance our lives. When we're walking a spiritual path, it's not to say that everything's going to be easy and rosy by any means, but it does mean that you should feel like you have some tools to work through all of the different difficulties that you come across. 
Yes. And if the tools that you have don't feel like they're working for you, then it might be good to try some other tools. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I know that I have totally taken your time and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to shrink you and put you in my pocket. <laughs> oh, you're so I'll sweet. feed you well. <laughs> hey, that, that works. That's about I'll energy you well. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a couple more things and then we can go on with our wonderful days. If you had a vision on how the world would be, what would it look like for you? Oh, wow. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's funny um, when you presented this question to me, I, I really thought about it and I'm glad that you gave it, presented it to me in advance so I had a chance to think. But what's funny is the first image that came was actually an image that I've had since I was a young child. I love nature and I love the world and we would just be living in harmony with nature. We would be living in harmony with ourselves. Everyone would be happy and feel fulfilled, Wonderful. would have enough to eat, would have loving partnerships and polyships and families, whatever family looked mm -hmm. like to them. We would be thriving in the true light of Olodumare that we were meant to, to thrive in. And um, that's, that's my Obatala speaking because we're, we're so idealistic and, and just want everything to be peaceful and beautiful. But truly, that is my ideal vision. It almost world. sounds like a scene of a movie. I was already watching <laughs> right. it in my mind. That's it. Mm. I'm starting to see the butterflies and little animals yes. just scampering by. Yes, ashe, ashe. It that's... can happen if we figure out what is important to us as a human race. Right, I right. think and a I lot think of damage to Mother it. Earth. Oh, too much, too much. And that yeah. comes from a part of the, uh, the mindset of dominion over the Earth, right? As yeah. opposed to our indigenous mindset of being yes. in concert with it. So going back to those mindsets, and that doesn't mean that I would want to do away with all modern technology and conveniences. Just more responsibly, maybe, right? Exactly. I would want us to absolutely engage them in, in much more responsible ways. Agreed. And it can happen, but, you know, that's another discussion right. for another day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, we can totally one. get into that. I, I wanted to ask you, Iya, do you have anything to share with the Orisha Wisdom community and our listeners? Yes, yes, I do. I'm excited. So Absolutely. what do you have? I'm so the timing head. of our conversation was actually perfect and serendipitous because I just this morning released my new guide. It is called Mojuba, Ifa Orisha, Prayer and Concepts for Beginners. And so I am happy and pleased to offer all of your listeners a 50% off code. That'll make it just under $5. So small investment in self. Again, encouraging so them to invest in self. Um, but it teaches, the guide teaches the Mojuba prayer. And it also explains each of the concepts. And I think this is a good place for people who are interested in the tradition, again, to, to start with their knowledge before jumping into any relationships that they may feel not ready for to be able to understand, you know, what is Olodumare? What is Orisha? What are all these terms that we hear thrown around and being able to, to get some understanding of that. So 
The code is OW, save 50, OW, like Arisha Wisdom, save 50. And that can be entered at checkout on my website, which is www.asheire.com. And don't worry if you're driving, don't write anything down. Like I always tell you guys, it's just so not worth it. You can re-listen to it later. And I will put every single link on the show notes. Don't you worry about it. Don't stress about it. All of this information. But that is really graceful of you to share that because a lot of people just want something, just something. Give me something that I can connect with. And this is perfect. And the fact that you're offering it at 50% off and come on people, less than 10 bucks, really? It's $4 and 44 cents. It's a powerful, I work with with numbers and manifestations. So that's one of those numbers. I would also like to invite all of the Arisha Wisdom listeners to join me every Sunday morning for prayer and meditation. That's uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll share the information yes. in the show notes. Don't worry about it. I will get this all on the show notes from Layo. You guys don't even, of course, that is just thank you for inviting our community. I'm totally stoked. I didn't expect that. People, I did not expect that. That is not what we had discussed. So I am Aww. so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, where can they find you online? I know you mentioned Ashe Ire, but what are, where can they find you? Y'all can find me everywhere. Um, I'm at asheiray.com is my website. I am also, if you're more interested in the scholarship and the academic side, uh, fulayophd.com. And then I'm also all over social media, Facebook, Instagram. My Instagram is at iafulayo and Facebook is phd. So you're welcome to connect with me and just to continue learning. And, and I'm so thankful to you, Ia, for having me on the show today. I'm, I'm grateful and gracious. I'm, I really believe in the necessity and the power of us coming together. And that's something that oftentimes because of this idea of competition and unfortunately because of economics and different factors, we see a lot more competition than we should amongst folks in our community. And we don't have the luxury for that, right? There's room for all of us. Wait, doesn't Ifa have something to say on that? What does Ifa say? Ifa says that one hand cannot clap well, one foot cannot run well, and one rump cheek cannot sit well on the mat. So we always have to come together. And Ifa says there is enough for everybody. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. And we have so much work to do that if only one of us was trying to do it, we would burn ourselves out immediately. So there's enough, there is abundance. Everybody just take that as a message, you know, that you are powerful, that you are abundant, and that there is abundance there. Don't go into the rest of the year with the mentality of lack, scarcity, competition. Those are things that are cultivated in us to keep us from the real things that we need to be focused on, like cultivating the spirit and so and cultivating togetherness. And so thank you so much for for having me and and for cultivating that spirit of togetherness. I think that we need to see way, way much more than what we're seeing with all of us working together. 
There's a lot of strength in community. There is just so much that we can do. It's just like um, I tell people, it's not about competition because when I'm in the mood for a cake, I'm not always in the mood for the same cake. Right, right. So I need a different baker. (laughs) Right, and there's different modes. And also thinking about these traditions as relationships, right, as they are. Not everybody's personality meshes with everybody else's. Like we're dealing with spiritual things, but we're still human beings. Yes. And so we still have to look at how our human personalities mesh and match and different people are going to feel comfortable in different types of spaces. And so the more spaces we have available, the more there is for everyone to find a place where they can feel at home and get this beautiful spiritual healing that they're supposed to get. I totally agree. And Thank you, Iya. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. I've enjoyed following you all these years. And I know I used to kind of comment and say something here or there. But sometimes when spirit strikes, you have to get to that. And I couldn't. I had to reach out. And I am super glad that I did. I look forward to releasing this episode I can't wait to hear all the comments that the community is going to have. They're going to go bonkers. I'm going to totally love it. I I think you're amazing. Congratulations on becoming a doctor. We need way more of you guys. Congratulations on your wedding. Thank you so much for you you being you and doing what you do. Ashe, Ashe, thank you so much, Ian. Thank you so, so much. I receive all of your accolades and, and blessings and I return them wholeheartedly. So thank you so much. All right. So goodbye for now. Take care. You've reached the end of this podcast episode. I hope, I really hope that you took a lot of notes and that you found it really useful. I am so grateful that she gracefully accepted to speak with you all and to share her time, her experiences, and her wonderfulness. I am also very grateful for her extending this discount that she spoke of to her newest document, the Mojuba Prayer, which I am sure you are absolutely going to love. She has allowed this 50% discount for a total of three months beginning today. So like the saying goes, time's a ticking. But don't worry about the link to it. I will be adding it to the show notes. If you really must know and you got to go to it right now, you can go to www.asheire.com forward slash mojuba. And again, the code, if you didn't catch it during the interview, it is OWSAVE50, all in caps. So OW for Arisha Wisdom, SAVE50. So definitely go and support someone from our community while at the same time learning something that you will have with you for many, many years to come. And you can't beat the price. It is absolutely phenomenal. And if that wasn't great enough, she also told me that she will give away five copies of this training. Yes, five to you, our listeners, for free. All you have to do is post something on social media referring to this episode with the hashtag Orisha Wisdom Mojuba All. 
And if you're part of the Orisha Wisdom community on Facebook, just look for the thread mentioning this episode and write down what did you learn? What has the traditions when it comes to abundance? What does it mean to you? Share some of your experiences. We definitely want to hear it and we will be on the lookout for those winners. And we will contact you through social media. Of course, you know, we will need your email address so that Iya Funladio can send you these materials. Are you excited? I'm excited. I can't wait to announce the winners. Remember the hashtag is hashtag Orisha Wisdom Mojuba O. So be on the lookout and Oh my goodness, I need like a glass of water. This is so exciting. Don't worry if you don't know the spelling of the hashtag or everything. It's going to be on the show notes. For the show notes, go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash 27, the number 27. I will put all of these links there as well so that you don't have to write anything down. Promise, especially if you're driving. Don't do anything right now. I want to remind you that I'm really excited to find out what you think about the Orisha Traditions greeting cards. I know that's exciting, but I can't bring anything to life without knowing first what you think about it or what you don't want to see on it. If you have seen it, what have been some of your troubles? So I have a super easy link for you. orishawisdom.com forward slash cards. This is a short survey to let me know what you think about the Orisha Traditions greeting cards. I need to know. I think this is something that we can all share with folks that we love within our traditions. So the link again is orishawisdom.com forward slash cards. And if you missed it, I will put it on the show notes and don't worry about it. If you like this episode and you found it valuable to you and your spiritual growth, share this podcast episode so that someone else can also get something about it, especially this awesome episode. And I would be so grateful if when you have five minutes to spare here and there, just hop over to iTunes and leave us a review. I read each and every one of them. And your comments and your reviews, they give us the fuel to keep going and creating more content for your spiritual journeys. Those five minutes that you take to share your thoughts, they mean the world to me. Until next time, may the elevated ancestors and all Orisha bless you immensely and shower you with abundance. Odabo! Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed and until next time,